Hello and welcome to the podcast. Oh, welcome to the Black Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my gracious. As you know, prayers and thoughts go out to people uh, from Ida, people who have suffered, um, people who have passed on. You know, our thoughts and prayers go out to you. Also, our fellow Americans and allies in Afghanistan. Our prayers go out to you and for your safety and for your safe return home. Amen. Today's subject was very, very, very interesting. Um, As you know, I was on the internet and I came across this article because, you know, I, I have my little conspiracy theories about these so-called 8 million jobs that are not being filled. And uh, time and time again, studies and studies have shown that the $300 extra a week is not keeping people from working. So I've talked about this plenty of times. And, uh, you know, I guess people agree with me or don't agree with me. They really do believe um, that this pandemic is over. And, of course, we know that certain people are not going to let this pandemic be over by a long shot. But I I argue it's the reverse. I think they really want it to be over. Big business definitely wants it to be over. So they can go back into the business of making money and having things the way they were pre-pandemic, 2019. They want workers to shut up and work. They want to make their money. They want it all to go back to normal. And I don't think it's going to go back to normal. There is a new normal in town. There is a great deal of new normal in town. And there are some lines that have been crossed already. And some, some, some very shaky things that have been happening amongst government and the authoritarianism. Uh, all you have to do is look over to Australia. And, you know, they're trying to get people to... Um, let the government into their social media so they can take a, uh, as I understand it, they're going to, they're going to, the government is going to check in on you periodically through your cell phone and you have X amount of time to, uh, to have the face recognition and a, a place, you know, so that they can track if you're home or if you've left home. And if you're not where you're supposed to be, I guess they're going to come out and they're going to arrest you. I mean, it's getting absolutely positively dystopian. And there are a lot of protests out there. Uh, people are not going quietly into that good night. And obviously, MSM, or the mainstream media, doesn't want you to know that. That people are not taking this line down. They're fighting. There are mass, mass protests out there. And, you know, it could happen. I mean, you know, it's it's crazy. Look what... De Blasio was done, and now this fool wants to be governor. And I'll probably talk about that later on. But, uh, yeah, he wants to be governor. He's putting his little toe in the water, and he wants to see if he would have supporters in the gubernatorial race. I pray to God that that is not the case. Oh, my God, please, not him as the governor of New York. But we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Hopefully Tish will run and um, she will automatically stomp him out like the low down dirty bug that he is. 
But um, getting back to my subject, it was um, this was a very interesting subject here. At least I thought it was interesting. It says businesses are desperate to hire, but black workers' unemployment went up in August. It's not that you can't find anybody. You can't find the people that you want. And then I thought to myself, well, what do they mean by that? Because that's the title of the, of the article. You can't find the people that you want. And it's from the Market Insider. Now, that's, that's a very interesting statement because, again, I've been looking very closely. I've been watching the news. I've been listening. I've been reading. And they all talk about this. This is, this is the narrative. There are 10 million jobs out there. And all these people are sitting on their asses and they don't want to work. And you have this, this narrative and, and you're looking and, you know, they go to interview people. You know, you see interviews and you see people who had trouble in 2019 finding jobs, trying to find jobs now and being rudely cut off of their benefits. You know, anything that can help them keep their head above water. Um, the assumption is that everybody on, on unemployment is walking away with $800 a week, which is absurd. It's absolutely positively absurd. The unemployment benefits are minuscule, okay? You can't live off them. They're a little stipend to keep you, uh, you know, to keep you searching for a job. And I have, I have my issues about unemployment and how they take this money out of your, your check every week. And then when it comes to you being unemployed, like literally unemployed without a job, you have to be merited to have a job, you know, have your unemployment benefit. And I'm wondering why there is a, 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 a department or a taxation that they think the government, the U.S. government, can come into your life, take your check, take unemployment benefits out, and then tell you that you aren't deserving of your own money. Why don't you just leave me alone? Leave my money alone and don't bother me about unemployment. And then let me put money aside. And that way, whatever happens in my job, whether I get fired or whether I get laid off, I put that money aside and how much I want to put aside. And that money is always available to me should I, should I suddenly be out of work. But they don't do that. They take my money. And then they find reasons not to give me my money. It's my money. My savings. You know, this is money you take out of my check. But you find ways not to give me my money. And then you have you convince people, the little sheeple out there, and you tell them, well, it's an entitlement. You, you don't deserve to have entitlements from the government. It's not the government's money. And I love these people who say, oh, I pay taxes. We all pay taxes. If you work day in and day out, you pay taxes. They take money out of your check. You do not get that whole check. If you're making $15 an hour, then you're probably going to bring home eight because most of that is going out for taxes. But I'm up here talking about taxes. But anyways, this is about the narrative that businesses are so desperate for uh, employers. And it goes on to read from the Market Insider, and it goes on to read something like this. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, most recent jobs report 135,000 more black Americans were employed in August than in July. 
but the number of black workers entering or re-entering the labor force was even higher, with an additional 287,000 working or looking for work. That larger jump in the labor force led to an increase in the black unemployment rate from 8.2% in July to 8.8% in August, while unemployment declined over the month for for the other race and ethnic groups tracked by the BLS, it's telling that so many black Americans are seeking jobs, yet employers keep talking about how hard it is to find workers. It's the self-evident discrimination in the labor market revealing itself, according to Dr. William Spriggs, an, eco an economics professor at Howard University and the chief economist uh, for the AFL-CIO, he added the numbers this time are just startling. Spring said the numbers are like a sledgehammer, especially in contrast with numerous stories about how much employers are struggling to find workers. I always, I, I always called bullshit on that. I, I did. And I don't know if I did on this podcast, but I certainly called bullshit on it's 8 million workers. And you mean to tell me you can't find any people who want to work? Like, really? And, um, as the unemployment rate rose, okay, people were filing for unemployment, then they're still bitching and moaning about how they can't fill jobs um, and, you know, belaboring the fact that nobody wants to come to work. Granted, these were the low-wage jobs and the service industry uh, people. This is discouraging, Spriggs said. And the constant reports, uh, there's a labor shortage, we can't find anybody, these numbers say, no, it's not that you can't find anybody, you can't find the people you want. This is two different things. It's the latest data point showing that uneven economic recovery that black workers face. Black unemployment has been reigned stubbornly higher than average unemployment throughout the recovery in August. It was 8.8%. And compared to the overall rate of 5.2%, the white unemployment rate was 4.5% in August. It's an indicator that we shouldn't ignore a possible K-shaped recovery, Daniel Zhao, a senior economist at Glassdoor, said about the elevated black unemployment rate. It's something that we need to be careful of after every crisis. In a K-shaped recovery, jobs and incomes grow for higher income Americans, and the opposite is true for lower income workers. Americans of color, especially black Americans, have borne an uneven and disproportionate economic impact from the pandemic. That's on top of already persistent gaps in unemployment. As Insiders Madison Hoff reports, the unemployment rate for black Americans has been roughly double that of white workers in most of the years since that number was even tracked. And that's, that's true. Um, you do have less opportunities in black neighborhoods. You do have less opportunities. It's, it is more difficult to find employment. That's not an excuse. Nobody's making an excuse, but it is an explanation. And that's why a disproportionate, well, that's, well, that's why these mandates and these laws disproportionately affect black Americans because as I said before it's I call it segregation okay it's a segregation 
because what they're saying is if you are obedient and good and right and, and, and you meet the certain criteria, you can come in and you can enjoy the benefits of life. That's practically what de Blasio said. You can enjoy the, the all that the city has to offer. But if you do not meet this criteria, then you then are, you can't enjoy these things. You can't, the, the passports are not open to you. The vaccine mandates actually affect black people in that way. It's the same thing. It's a segregation. It's a segregation by another name. Disproportionately, black Americans do not trust the government, do not trust the medical community, community, and we have ample reasons not to. Nobody addresses that, though. They don't address black Americans as people. They don't address black Americans as people who, who have legitimate issues. No, you know what they try to do? They try to steer the narrative, and they want to talk about Trump supporters, which is absurd, because Trump supporters, although they don't, you know, like the vaccine or whatever, are not disproportionately not being vaccinated. Older Americans are vaccinated. Those who are Republicans are vaccinated. They went and got their vaccination. You're always going to have a stubborn group of white people who won't, who don't feel they need it, whatever. But majority... I mean, black Americans are less um, inclined to be uh, inoculated. And it goes for the employment issues. Now, across the board, everybody wants those vaccine passports, not realizing that the big discriminatory part of it, these unintended consequences, because you know the road to hell is always paved with good intentions, you have these unintended consequences, which disproportionately affects black people. So now, if you can't work, especially here in New York City, I'm not in New York City, but especially in New York City, you know, you can't work unless you have the, a vaccine. So black people who are looking for jobs, black people who want to work, black people who have skills, can't work because they don't meet the criteria. So now they're, they're left out. They're left out in the cold. And you can say, well, why don't y'all just get the vaccine? No. We don't have, you You trust your doctors. Nobody did experiments on you. Nobody took your ovaries out and, and, and you know, without your permission, without your family's permission. Nobody was, you know, suffering at your behest. The doctors were your friends. The medical community were your friends. You benefited from the medical community. You know, you had no reason to believe that somebody was going to harm you. Nobody injected you with disease unless you were getting paid for it. And again, I can hear everybody's like, well, you're Michelle, you're making an excuse. No, I'm not. I'm just looking at the actual data. And a lot, and you talk to any black person, they will tell you the same thing. They, you know, psst, look. <laughs> And I don't mean to talk about how Pfizer, 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 the most troubled pharmaceutical in the world, like they've been sued for such unethical behavior, but somehow they get an approval, their vaccine approved over the other ones. You don't have to take my word for it. Read it for yourself. It's online.
The article goes on to read this. It's been a systemic problem in our country for a long time, Labor Secretary Marty Walsh told Insider. Black unemployment rates have always been higher than white unemployment rates, oftentimes double that. He added that coming out of the pandemic, we have to make sure that we don't leave any community behind. It's too late. It's too late. We have to make sure that we do everything we can to make sure that there's opportunities for folks to get back into workforce. And not just back into workforce, but put them in a position to get a chance to get into the middle class, Walsh said. Well, how about stop discriminating, period. Sprig said it, it will be a very bumpy fall and that August report could jeopardize a chance of equitable recovery. And that, com- and that comes after what Spriggs said is the most equitable recovery plan ever, perhaps alluding to the American Rescue Plan. He said that additional money in unemployment insurance was vital in getting liquidity to black and Latino households who often have less in savings, but there's still a long-term unemployment problem persisting. If you get rid of pandemic extended program, unemployment program, that's like half the black workers by definition aren't going to be eligible to get any benefits, Spriggs said. It couldn't be worse. It couldn't be worse than it just designed. I want black workers to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. And you see, I don't like to call out um, racial stuff. You know, I, I don't like to go go for that as the initial initial uh, reason for things. But when you you look at what they're calling for, you know, they try to blame Trump. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me for being racist, but these people here, these liberal people, you know, who pretend to be your friends, and Malcolm X had a a very excellent quote about that, and I'm going to try to pull that up sometime, but he had a very excellent quote about um, the white liberal pretending to be your friend and pretending to care about you, when you see perfectly well that they really don't. They all care about their money. But they don't care about you and what you're going through. They never give a damn about you. In fact, the politicians don't give a damn about anybody, to be honest with you. We all know this. How many times do they have to be, we've seen them prove that time and time again. They're spending taxpayers' money. They love to tax you. Oh, you got to have a tax for this. And then they try to make you feel guilty. Oh, don't you want better this for somebody else? Don't you want to help the poor? Don't you want... Yeah, of course. But then, you know, they're walking around. They're not living in, in, you know, abject poverty. They don't even know what it costs to buy a house. A, A simple house. Not, you know, they don't know. They know nothing. They don't know about groceries. And they'll come up there and give you some stupid speech about, um, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And you're sitting in the audience wearing sandals. But you see what's going on here. And I'm glad to see that somebody has caught on to it. Because, you know, 
you, you, you're putting out this thing that you can't find workers, you're carrying on, but you're not hiring any of the workers because they don't look like the type of workers you And you know, a lot of restaurants are guilty of that. If you're, if you're a black American and you look a certain way, they probably won't hire you. They, they, they won't hire you. Because, you know, what they want at the front of the house is a pretty, blonde, little, blue-eyed girl. You know, that's what they want. That's what they find attractive. But they, they, they probably won't hire a black American. Though, I mean, she's got to be extraordinary. Or he has to be extraordinary. But I've, I've gone to some, and I have yet to see some black Now, I haven't been out lately, granted. So if I'm, you know, I'm wrong about this, point that out to me. But... I have yet to see that in fine restaurants. I've yet to see it. Well, maybe black people don't want to work these jobs. That's a possibility. But, you know, I'm just talking about this narrative where everybody's like, oh, well, we can't find anybody. And there are people who aren't willing to work and they're quick to call people lazy dogs and and then you know it's the money you can't have the money because yeah because you know you're supposed to be stupid and work for less money than you're getting at home like who does that like they would do that of course you know why should these people get the money it's their money but anyways that's one aspect of the so-called labor shortage. You know, that's one aspect of it. And I'm, once again, I'm glad somebody pointed that out. I'm glad somebody made it, uh, you know, made it a thing, wrote about it at the very least. And, uh, well, you know what I'm going to do? No, if you made it with me this far, thank you. And bye-bye. You have just heard the Black Eyed Podcast. If you would like to contact me, you can do so through Twitter at MHB1070, on Instagram at My1029. That's M-H-I-G-H-1229, excuse me or on Patreon at theblackeyepodcast.com. If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do so through Stripe. Any donation helps me make better content and bring it to you. Thank you.